Welcome to the Train Like You Listen podcast, a weekly podcast for learning professionals about a variety of topics. I'm Brian Washburn, and today I'm here with Tim Slade, e-learning designer extraordinaire. How you doing, Tim? Good. How are you doing, Brian? I am excellent. Tim, one of the things that we always start out with to keep things short is just a six-word memoir to explain who we are, what we do. Uh, mine today is Realized E-Learning's Potential from Michael Allen. Mm. How would you describe yourself in six words? Gosh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say uh, one of my favorite sayings is uh, never storyboard anything you can't visually communicate. So I'll go with that. Nice. As I mentioned, we're here talking to e-learning extraordinaire, Tim Slade. So we'll be talking about e-learning today. And, you know, Tim, when it comes to designing e-learning, what's the first thing that you think or do when you have a client that says, we don't have a lot of money, but we'd like to roll out an e-learning program that people get excited about and it's highly interactive? Yeah, you know, one of the biggest challenges is, especially with clients who uh, they want everything, but they don't have the money to spend it. Uh, on, on creating it, the first thing that comes into mind is how I'm going to manage those expectations. Anything's possible, even with the craziest restraints. It's just a matter of negotiating what are they going to sacrifice in terms of quality or speed or how much time it's going to take to build it. So the first thing that goes through my mind is how I'm going to uh, navigate and negotiate that situation so that they still end up happy. Any tips for pushback that you might you might find when you're negotiating that? My go-to strategy is... is using something called yes and. So one of the things that I am not really good at is saying no to people. Uh, so I don't say no anymore. I say yes and. I say, when they say, can we have it done in a week? I say, yes, we can do it in a week and it's not going to be as good if we had a month. Or yes, we can incorporate live action video and this is how much that costs. And so it makes it their problem. <laughs> I, I love that, and, and I'm laughing because my coworkers always um, laugh when I when I get into yes and. They're like, yeah. oh, here he goes, yes and. But yep. I think it's a super effective way to, to talk with people. Sure. When it comes to actually the development, uh, what are some of the lowest hanging fruit things that e-learning designers should keep in mind when they're sitting down to design e-learning that's engaging? Like I said with the, the six-word memoir, one of the things that's really important for me uh, when I'm creating e-learning is how am I helping my learners see what it is I'm trying to say? And so one of the things that I think a lot of new e-learning designers realize is that e-learning is really a lot of different forms of design coming together to create this multimedia experience. And so it's not good enough to just put bullet points on a screen and add an X button. You have to think about how do I literally help people see what I'm saying and how do you visually communicate that content. And then the other thing, we oftentimes are told to make e-learning interactive for the purpose of making it engaging, but not all interactivity is equal. And so you have to ask yourself, what critical thinking skills are my learners applying when they click something on the screen? And if they click to reveal something and they're just revealing text, they're not using any critical thinking skills in that interaction versus where they might be making some sort of decision-based interaction that relates back to job performance. How about actual, a concrete example? Do, what is the coolest e-learning project you've ever worked on? Oh gosh. Actually, the coolest e-learning project I ever worked on was the first e-learning project I ever worked on. So when I got, when I first got hired into e-learning, I was working in retail loss prevention. I got the job of a training coordinator in loss prevention, and I had to create this five series course on how to catch a shoplifter. I had no idea what I was doing from an instructional design standpoint or an e-learning standpoint. There's a lot of things I would have done differently, but what was most, what, what made that project so 
cool for me and still stands out as an amazing experience. We went out to our stores and we had a really amazing video production team that we partnered with internally. We hired all these actors and we filmed all these different scenarios of different shoplifter shoplifting. And there's a whole bunch of steps and procedures that goes into catching a shoplifter. And what I didn't realize at the time was the e-learning course I was creating was really, it was interactive video before interactive video was a, was a term. And so in this course, there was all these video scenarios and the learner had to click and identify when a certain thing that they observed happened. And, and it was, it ended up being a really, really amazing course, despite the fact that I really had no clue what I was doing. I love that example. I was just talking with somebody um, yesterday about um, the use of, of virtual reality sure. and, and kind of how that's kind of the next generation of interactive video. But yeah. interactive video is something that I think is really kind of an overlooked art form for mm -hmm. just e-learning. Right. Yeah. So it's it's different between, you know, when when you're using the, you know, the storyline character packs versus mm -hmm. the facial expressions you get from an actual video yeah. and response. Uh, totally. so that's, that's really neat. When it comes to your projects, where do you draw inspiration from when you want to come up with new ideas? I get inspiration from the most bizarre from everywhere. One of the one of the places I, I, I get inspiration, just to give an example of these strange sources of inspiration is I'll be in an airport or in a hotel or at a store. And uh, I remember this one time I was at a hotel, I was walking by some computer kiosk that they had for signing up for their rewards programmers. And they had a what I would call like a screensaver and had all these cool real motion graphics and all this really interesting uh, movement on the screen. And then when you interacted with it, the way the different panels and buttons flew in, um, it inspired me for how I could, you know, apply that to an e-learning context. I get a lot of inspiration also from, and this is very common, but we're from marketing. So there's a huge intersection that I think oftentimes gets overlooked between um, how marketers uh, affect people's behaviors and how we can use those techniques to uh, affect the behaviors of our learners. Literally everywhere. If you look hard enough, you'll find inspiration everywhere. I love that. And yeah. and, uh, and so especially the marketing piece. Um, do you know Mike Taylor? Mm -hmm. So he, he always talks about yep. that. You know, what, what can L&D learn from marketing? Sure. Um, but looking around, just opening your eyes and and finding inspiration from everywhere because if, if, it's there if you're yep. looking for it. All right, we have our speed round that we're going to close out okay. with here. Um, so when it comes to, you do a ton of presentations. Mm -hmm. When it comes to um, prior to a presentation, prior to delivering a presentation, what's your go-to food? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I do not. I, I, I have made the mistake in the past of eating before I speak, and I can't do it. So I, I if I'm speaking on a day, I don't eat until after I've spoken. I, I'm with you. I, I maybe some fruit, but yeah. um, but something that's light. What's a book that people uh, interested in e-learning design should be reading? Yeah. So going off of the theme of you know visual design and getting inspiration from uh, unique sources, if you will, one of the, one of the first books that I read when I first got into the world of e-learning had nothing to do with e-learning, but it was the book Slideology by Nancy Duarte. And the reason why I always recommend that book is for many folks, the techniques of graphic design uh, can be a challenge for some. And so everything I learned about how to make my courses look beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and how I communicate my information on the screen, I learned from that book, Slideology, from Nancy Duarte. So everyone should read that yeah, book. Yeah, that's a great book for visual design. Yep. 
Um, what's one piece of training tech that you can't live without? Ooh, my uh, my presentation clicker. I have a really expensive Logitech clicker that if uh, I didn't have, I don't know, I'd be lost. <laughs> and those are very personal things. I remember I was doing a training session and um, and with other trainers, and we had at one point I just I noticed that everybody had their own clicker, and so everybody put them on a table, and I took a picture of it. It was it was kind of fun to see all the different clickers. It is a very personal thing, yeah. Any shameless plugs before we end? Sure, yeah. I would encourage people to uh, check out my book, The E-Learning Designer's Handbook, which you can get on Amazon, and uh, anything else that I'm doing at timslade.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim, for giving yeah. us some time. Thank you. That's been the Train Like You Listen podcast for this week. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, and anywhere where you get your podcasting.